I spoke last night on two Shabbos, Parshas Vaero, at the Tarmasara Mechanchim Convention for the Baltimore area, and I forgot to record the shear that I said. I'm going to record it now based on memory and my notes while I am driving up to Lakewood. Hopefully, I will get the, at least the, the major points that I said will be recorded. I spoke recently at a yeshiva, yeshiva dinner, and I started with a thought from Ram Sadiq. Sadiq talks about the Medrash. The Medrash says that the Russian was Hemin Ba'olamai Ubra'oi. The Russian believed in his world and created it. So the Russian will not have believed that this world has ability to reach what it's supposed to reach, the Bershom would not have created the world, obviously. So the Bershom believed in the world and created it. So Zeller takes this, takes this idea, and the Bershom believed in the world and created it, and extends it, so, so not only does the, the Bershom believe, believe in the world and created it, he believed in each human being that he created for the same argument. If he created us, he believes in us. If he didn't believe in us, why would he create us? So, the Barsha believes in every human being, every member of Kaya, so Barsha has a tremendous immunity in us, and that's why he created us. So, Rapsadik takes this idea, and he says, well, the Russia believes in us, and that's why he created us. We have a Kiev to believe in ourselves. He takes it a step further, and he says, if we don't believe in ourselves, that's an element of a kefira. If, we're, if we say, you know, I'm such a bad person, I'm not doing anything right, getting everything wrong, I have issues, I wish I wasn't created like this, so what am I saying? That the Bershom created me the wrong way? That's obviously incorrect. So we have a here to believe in ourselves and say that we have, we, we are exactly where the Bershom wants us, us to be, and we have a tremendous potential to, to accomplish what we're supposed to accomplish, and we're not bad people. They say in Alcoholics Anonymous, God does not make junk. That's a true statement. Obviously, if we're created this way, there's a very good reason why we're created this way, with our challenges, with our our potential, but with our challenges, with our concerns. The challenge comes up and says, what about a person who doesn't believe in themselves? So how do you get a person to believe in themselves? So this is the challenge for the rebellion, this is really the challenge for the parents, is to find a way to have people believe in themselves. In 1996, while I was planning to become a Rav, and I was learning towards becoming a Rav, Shiva Rav Chaim Stein, called me in two days into this month, and said, we need a second 10th grade Rebbe, and I want you to start be, be, being the Rebbe now for the 10th grade. I had substituted before, and I had substituted for, for the Mechimah grades, and I also substituted other times in uh, elementary, but my focus had not been on in that direction. All of a sudden, I'm thrust into the position of being the 10th grade rabbi for 18 Bachrim, with quite a range of Bachrim in the Shiva. So my Kabbalah for Yom the Rome that year, as opposed to working on Avira, working on Avera, working on Issues, was, I want to be the best Rebbe I can be. If I'm going to be a Rebbe, that's my responsibility. So my focus has to be, what can I do to be the best Rebbe that I can be? 
Does that include being in contact with the parents regularly? That included preparing sheets for the buffer? That included many of the other things above and beyond just teaching the Gemara, which was maybe the standard for Rebbeim at the, the Mechina level of a Yeshiva Gedal. One of the things which I did was shortly after Sukkis, Rabbi Shulman, who I, had, who I had a relationship with, arrived in Cleveland. So I touched base with him and said, can I have a few minutes of yours? And I asked him the following question. I said, what does he recommend? He's been in the world of Chinook, he's seen a lot of different things. What does he recommend would be something that I should work on to be the best 10th grade Rebbe that I could be? See, he said back to me, which was his way, he threw the challenge back to me, he says, okay, I want you, you to want you to do the following. Imagine that you had no limits or time, money, etc. What would you like to do to be that tenth, the best tenth Rebbe that you could be? In other words, he asked me to dream. Dream about being the best Rebbe. What, what did I think that meant? He says, I want you to give me 10, 12 ideas, and we'll talk tomorrow. So that, that, that night I sat down, and I came up with a list of 15 ideas. Then I arrived with him the next morning. He said, okay, you have 15 ideas. This is what I want you to do. I want you to take a loose leaf notebook and make 15 sections. And in each section, I want you to write down one of these dreams. And then every month of Shabbos, I want you to take out the notebook and look through those 15 things and say, what can I do this week to turn this dream into a reality? One of the ideas I had, for example, was I would like to take some psychology courses which would be relevant to being a good rabbi. I'd like to go to Artisan and speak to Revolva and hear from him insights into Chinuch. And one of the things that I said was I would like to hear from the Gadarlin the following answer. I would like to present the following question to the Gadarlin. Besides teaching Gemara, I would like my Talmudim to walk away at the end of the year with one important Hashkafa. If I could only make sure they gave it, that they, they walked away with one important Hashkafa at the end of the year, what should that be? So besides teaching Gemara, I'm going to stress this point of the year multiple times. This way, I feel confident at the end of the year they've learned and they've absorbed this message of Hashkafa. What message should that be? And because I was looking at this every week, what I found what happened was that when opportunities arose, I took advantage of them. So I was in Baltimore for Yom and a brave Tom Shlita, a Rebbe in Philly Yeshiva, Trenis Tamachalka, was there for Yom Tov. So I walked over to him and says, can I ask the Shashiva a question? He said, yes. And I asked him this question. And I asked many people this question. I got different answers. The one answer which I got was from Chaim Siegel, of the Mechina, the high school of Chamberlain. And he said that Rav Hutner Zatzel used to stress that what our, that our generation needs is something known as Ge'oin Yaakov. Ge'oin Yaakov. So what is Ge'oin Yaakov? He says we need a certain amount of pride in being a Yim. Numa over the years 
even though the Eden did not bend to the will of becoming Goyim under the pressure, but they definitely beat down the attitude of yourself of the pride of being a Jew. And that's why when the doors of the ghetto were thrown wide open, Jews assimilated because they weren't proud of being a Jew. Now let's explain this for a moment before we get back to how it applies to us. That Revolver says a similar idea that a Bokhut to be successful needs to have a gava. He needs to have a certain amount of gaiva, a certain amount of pride in himself, a certain amount of belief in himself. So even though we know from Chazal that gaiva is a tremendously bad ego, and the person should work on removing gaiva from himself, but a Bokhut can't work on that. He needs to have gaiva. Aye, gaiva is a bad ego. So there are three things which we do regularly, a buffer does regularly, which will help keep that gaiva in check without the person working on gaiva. The first one is tefillah. The true tefillah is an act of, of hachinah, kinia, in front of a kodesh I need a kodesh to give it to me. I don't have it on my own. So that will help eradicate the person's gaiva. The second one is shimush tefillah. The person to face with, with the minute of heaven, he sees what God is truly looks like, he realizes what, how much he has to grow still, and he's not consumed with gaiva of how wonderful he is. The third one is learning with the harusa. Learn with the harusa, and all of a sudden you realize you've been fighting with him for half an hour, your pshat the Gemara, over his pshat the Gemara, you might even yell at him a little bit, you might have even called him a name, and all of a sudden you realize after half an hour that he's right and you're wrong. So what do you say? You say, Echer, I hear. Why do you say, Bepemole? You know what? You're right. I was wrong. Thank you so much. Now I have, I have troop shot in the morning. What prevented me from saying that? He says, Learn the Chabusa to be very humbling. But why do I have difficulty admitting that, I, that I'm, I'm wrong? What's the problem over here? might look like the person has a lot of gaiva. That's why he has difficulty admitting it. The truth is, the truth is that's not the issue. The issue is not that he has gaiva. The issue is he has the opposite. A person's self-esteem is fragile. A person's recognition of his worth is fragile. So he ties his value into the fact that at this moment, I'm, I'm the one who got it right. Therefore, if I got it wrong, I am in some way diminished. So he doesn't feel safe to admit that he got it wrong because that he's going to be diminished, and being diminished is very, very painful. If a person would truly have awareness of his self-worth, he would have the of understanding what it means, the tshishimus that he has. He'd be very comfortable admitting that he got it wrong. So we need to be master how we get to this meaning of ganyakov. Now, an approach which is suggested many times is to point out to each child that you can become the Gadol you can become one of the Gadolah. You have so much potential, you're so wonderful. And you're so, you have so much potential, you're so wonderful, so just, just believe in yourself. Now, the truth is, that's a very problematic approach because some kids are never going to become the Gadol So, to stop them from dreaming and thereby pushing themselves to accomplish more is not healthy. To telling them that they're going to make it happen is also not healthy. 
And the, furthermore, the, the, the Mina is going Yaakov, which is not about me being the Goyen, but the Kal Yisrael is the Goyen. There was once an article from a time to the Jewish Observer, where he pointed out this issue. We push our Talmidim, so we come Gilalim, we tell them they have tremendous potential, and they, they push and they push, and one day uh, it doesn't work. And the truth is, by almost by definition, it's not going to work. Mahabdal we have in the secular world, you have a person who is one of the top, the top students top student in his secular high school. Then he goes off to college, to one of the top colleges in the country. So he's the big fish in the small high school pond. And all of a sudden, he's one of a th- thousand of the top students in the country. He's not number one. He's not number two even. It's very demoralizing. In order to prevent that, this, this issue, what, what do we do to help our Tamidim pre- prevent that? Svasem is in this week's parasha, parasha's Ve'erod. He says, The four Lashonas of Geula, Ve'etzeis Yitzchem, 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 So the first two are very clearly discussing being saved, redeemed from a specific situation. Yitzchem, 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 And even, you go out, does it with a tremendous power. There's a specific thing that we seem to be addressing. The fourth one is It's not to say the Russian is being guileless from a situation, just simply So the Sazemis suggests that the four Lashardas of Gula correspond to the four Golios which Glyce has to go through. And furthermore, it corresponds to the four Averis, which are the Sibas for these Goliaths. Vodazoro, Dilirayas, Shifas Dhamim. And the fourth Goliath, the one we're in right now, the issue is Sinistri. And we're familiar with that. But he says this word Sinam, he has a, 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 a tie on it, a twist on it, which is not the simple shot. He says Sinam here is referring to the idea which Rashi says in Parsons of Alaska, Sinam Minamitis. Kleist was referring to over there that they want remembering what was in Mitzrayim that they get they're able to eat these things Chino Rashi says Chino they had to work their kishkas out they, had to, they were slaves yeah but they didn't have mitzvahs so Chino Sinas Chino was really the fact that we don't, we're not focusing on the mitzvahs so let's just let's explain what he means so Chino Chino these issues are tied together so how do you address this, this Kina issue? A person trying to be successful, somebody's more successful than him. It's painful, so he has Kina. What do you do? So interestingly enough, he says, the post says, well, Kathis have Lilo, if we focus on us as a nation, for a Kaddish Baruch Li, for Hashem, Lo'am, as a nation. We would address this problem. Not say the following motion, but I would suggest explain it with the following motion. The army. The army is asking everybody in there to protect their nation. In the army, you need generals, you need majors, and you need colonels, and you all the way down to the sergeants and all the way down to the privates. 
the privates are the one who can actually go into this battle and fight the war. Some of the sergeants as well. The generals might be at the battle place, they might be in the, in the, in the uh, headquarters, they might be back in Washington, but they're not on the actual battlefield. So we need to make sure that our privates, our sol- the foot soldiers, are really committed. They're putting their lives on the line. So what do we do to make sure that they're really committed? So if we do something which is going to demoralize them, say, so you know, you didn't make it as a general, you're just, you're just the foot soldier. That's, he's, if he's demoralized, he's not going to give it his all on the battlefield, and we're in big trouble. But if we say, you know what, you're good, whatever you do is okay, so he's not going to push himself to become this full potential, he might, this person might be somebody who could become a major, or a colonel, even a general. Well, nah, just say where you are, it's good enough, because you're wonderful, and we love you where you are. Right? So neither one is good. So what do they do? They teach and they imbue every foot soldier, every private, with a belief that the nation needs them. Uncle Sam needs you. No matter what you do, we need your contribution. Because this is about the team, this is about the nation, it's not about you. If it's about you, well, you want to be the best you can be, and then you feel bad if you're not the best, and someone else is the best, and there's a key that teach you. If you're about contributing what you're the best at, so whatever you contribute is extremely valuable. The nation cannot do it without you. Really? Am I so necessary? Well, the Lord talks about this idea. The Lord talks about a lot of Two people do malacha together on Shabbos. Malacha is that they are both pot. Shnaim Shosu is both. But the Lord says there's one exception. That exception is in the case of Zayin or Yochel, Zayin or Yochel. If neither could do it themselves, so then Allah is both are tied. So what do you, why both tied? Only, right, we're saying each person did the Malacha. What does that mean each person did the Malacha? Because since it cannot happen without them, so they are credited with the full result. So I can convey to my, my soldier, we can't do it without you. The result belongs to you. It's just as much as it belongs to the general. Because without you, it wouldn't happen. He knows his contribution is valuable. He knows he's valuable no matter what he does. But since it's about the team, not about himself, he also understands if he can contribute more, he wants to do that too. So the focus is not on me. It's on my, my role at, for Hashem, Li, Hashem says, or Loam, for Kal Yisrael. It's not about me. So then I understand I have tremendous value to give to Kal Yisrael because I'm a, I'm a contributor to Kal Yisrael on the one hand. On the other hand, I also feel very, it's very clear to me that I have a responsibility and a, and a desire to try and give the best that I can. If I have more potential, I want to give even more. I don't want any limits to what, I, what I'm giving. So the Sasama says, if it's Li Loam, if it's not about the, the individual person, but rather it's about Yisrael as a nation, for Hashem, so then there's no scene and there's no tina anymore. Because I'm not measuring myself against you, I'm just seeing what I can offer, what I, how I can help Yisrael develop and become what it's supposed to become. What I can do for God is wonderful. That's my focus and nothing else. So here we found the way that a person can feel good about what he's doing, 
matter what it is, on the one hand. On the other hand, he's still motivated to, to strive for more. So that's the message we need to give to our children. Tells the was asked, the person was working on Hishtamus Atzim, developing himself, and he said he also has a key to worry about take care of the plow. He finds it's a stira. If he's focused on himself, he's not focusing on the cloud. If he's focused on the cloud, he's not focusing on himself. So how does he deal with that? So the Tulsa Rav gave an answer. Very briefly, he said, expand your ani. You're working about Ishtamas Atzmi, your Atzmi, your ani. Expand your ani. If the focus is not just about you, but your ani, you feel it includes not yourself, but all the cloud you serve, so you can focus on the cloud you and develop yourself at the same time. So that's the words that he said. But the message he was really saying is much, much more difficult. So we tend to focus on ourselves and to focus on how well I did in the test, how I'm doing compared to other people, etc. And we need to create a message to our, ourselves and to our Talmudim. That's not what it's about. It's about how much we can contribute to Kalei so each person as they are, but at the same time with the responsibility to try and do the best they can to make that count, the, the best contribution that, that is possible. It's really the responsibility of the parents. So when a person understands that he has a tremendous value to call yourself, he feels safe, he knows he's valuable, he's willing to try new things, and he fails, not the end of the world. I'm not a failure if I fail. But if he doesn't feel confident about himself, he's going to protect himself. So getting back to the question, what I want to say, I made a mistake and I got it wrong. Only Russia was perfect. I'm not perfect. I never dreamt that I was perfect. So why do I have difficulty admitting it? Because I feel I'm being diminished and I feel like I'm a failure. We need to give a message as parents and as Rebeam and Moros so that the tremendous value that each, that each Talmud has to us and we believe in them. They might start believing in themselves and understanding how valuable they are. Rebbeim and Moros are uniquely situated to accomplish that. I think we're talking to a group of Rebbeim and Moros of tremendous talents. I go to a summer program in Oldham, Maryland. Now it's Aspen Hill, Maryland. The Yerchikala, part of the Yerchikala, besides the different presentations, is a Chinuch Roundtable. As a Chinuch Roundtable, different Chinuch offer and suggest different ideas Usually I listen and I and keep quiet because I'm not really involved with in the same way they are. Dealing with chinuch of, of, of young adults, etc. They're dealing with teenagers and younger. And that's where the, the real work of chinuch is. And they have tremendous insight. These people are dedicated, motivated, creative, intelligent. We have an advantage if we can find a way to convey to our the all of needs you. You're so valuable with all of Kaiso. Believe in yourself, believe in your value. And therefore, now that you believe in your value, you're safe. And if we're confident enough that you can try new things and not be afraid of failure, we've accomplished our mandate. We are dealing with the Shamas. The first time I substituted, I substituted from first grade. I pointed out that a carpenter works with wood and he steps on sawdust. 
glazer wears a glass and he steps on glass. What does a Rebbe step on? The answer is, I was told by Yaakov Reisman, Reisman, Rashiva, gifted his Adim, now Rolf and Farakway, and then he was the now of a the Cheder School of Cleveland, Moses Oratoro, and he asked me to substitute. He told me, he says, you're dealing with, with Tamidim, you're dealing with stepping on the shoulders. The positive way of saying that is, we're dealing with building up the shoulders. We are the ones who are empowered to strengthen and the house the shoulders. We have the abilities to do it, we have to believe in ourselves that just like that for a little bit Take that strength, be in the with it, and go and accomplish tremendous things. Thank you for listening.